Well, good evening. Welcome to the Holy Spirit service. Anybody excited? Amen. Glory. I want to, um, I want you to be thinking about what questions do you have? You know, we, last couple of weeks we've been talking about tithes and offerings and breaking through in that way. Uh, what questions do you have maybe about that or anything else? Uh, anything else along those lines? And not just tithes and offerings, but when I say along those lines, I mean, you know, along the Bible lines. So what questions do you have? Because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a chance to ask some. I'm not saying that we'll answer them tonight or answer them, any of them. I'm just saying I want you to tell me what, uh, what just... Yeah, I can't promise what I'm going to preach this morning. I mean, it just, you know, we'll, we'll be led. Amen. Amen. But be thinking, what questions do you have? And uh, I want somebody to uh, write them down so that we can refer back to them. So does anybody have any question right now where you're just going, hey, what about this? Uh, does anybody have anything right now? Even if you did have something, would you raise your hand? That, that might be a better question. <laughs> so anyway, if somebody, does anybody have anything right now? I mean, I'm going to ask you again in a minute, but uh, glory to God. Either everybody's quiet or everybody's recovering from lunch, one or the other, or recovering from a nap. So y'all know everything there is to know. I hate these kind of questions when preachers do it because then you're like, dang it, I had 20 questions this week and right now I can't think of a one of them. So, but there's things that people want to know. And see, what happens is you go home and then on Monday or Tuesday I get boxes and I get, get emails and, and stuff and everybody's going, what about this, what about that? But anyway, if you have any questions, like right now, as I talk, you're probably going to have some. And uh, I, want you to, I want you to think about those, and I'm going to ask you in a few minutes what questions you have, because if you have that question, probably some other people do as well, and uh, we want to help answer that. One of the things that I've learned is that um, I'm getting bounced back some, something, I don't know if, what it is, um, but one of the things that I've learned is this, I've learned that... Um, there's an anointing. Some people think that the anointing only comes through preaching. That's not correct. Just like the reason why I had them play that last song again and sing that last song. There's a, there can be an anointing in the sound. Do you remember when David played the harp? And uh, because the, there was anointing on that music and it drove that evil spirit away. There can be anointing on music. Uh, Brother Hagen tells a story how he was preaching and God told him for a period of time he wanted him to go and teach. He said, he said I don't, if I teach, nobody's going to get born again. You know, I'm you know, teaching. He said, but I was obedient to what God said. He said, and more people got born again, more people got healed when I was teaching, right? And so the reason I'm asking you what questions you have is, I just sensed it tonight, uh, one of the things that we're supposed to do is that I'm supposed to help answer some questions that you have. Uh, and so as you have those, uh, just keep them and, and write those down. Take it down a little bit. I don't know what it is. It's bouncing around up here. So it might be, I don't know, in the monitors or something, but whatever you just did helped. Yeah, that, that helped. Okay. That helped, so that was good. Um, so one of the things that uh, happens is there's an anointing when we're obedient to do what the Lord says to do. 
So for instance, even this morning, one of the things, you know, I came in, that was not the offering message I had. That was not the message that I had. But when I got up here, um, and the, remember the Lord told me, I want you to cover the basics of tithes and offerings over the next few weeks. And the reason he wants me to cover that is uh, very similar to what I sensed this morning, that there's an attack. Sometimes you can be under attack and not know that you're under attack. So for instance, if you were called to be a millionaire, if you were called to be a millionaire and all you ever did was made 150000 a year, you would be under attack, but you might not know it. Can you see that? So in other words, you might be doing better than most, but you're not, you're not fulfilling what God's called you to be. Well, you have to understand that a million dollars is nothing to God. It's nothing to the Lord. And, and the reason we don't think that way and the reason we don't understand that is because we really don't know just how big he is. We really don't understand how large God is, how big he is and what he has. And so sometimes we're under attack just because we're thinking small. And so what I was picking up in the spirit is there's been an attack of average and an attack of mediocrity, but if against his people here in this house, it's generally across the whole board in America, but specifically I knew that it was here this morning and has been on people trying to attack them. And if you don't recognize it, then you'll never do anything about it. You know, If you don't recognize it, you'll never do anything about it. You'll just sit and think that it's normal. So at lunch, uh, Jared and Chelsea were telling us, where is Chelsea? Oh, is she helping back there? Oh, okay. And uh, at lunch, who else is back there? How many kids are back there? Seven. Hmm. All right. Um, huh? No. Abigail, go take her place. Let her get in here. I'm, I'm rearranging on the fly. She needs to be in here tonight. Amen. Now she's passing on photography to Marky really quick. Don't just take pictures, press the button, and if it turns out, great. And if it doesn't, don't worry about it. Abigail, go. <laughs> That's dad stuff. Love you. That's dad, That's dad stuff too. But see, well... I didn't hear what you said. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, here, here's the thing. Uh, I know she's not going to be offended because I told her to go do something. We've got to get to the place where we operate as a family like that. You know, that's one of the things that we had in the military is, you know, you go tell me to do something stupid. I'm just going to say, yes, sir. And the thing is, I might think it's stupid, but you got a reason for asking it. You're, you're responsible for giving the order. I just need to learn how to say, yes, sir, and not get offended. Our society is so much in offense and it's so much in political correctness that we got to sugarcoat everything. We can't get anything done. Like, I, you know, this needed to happen quick. Why? Because I don't know. I just sense in my spirit she needs to be sitting here in the next couple minutes. So I know I can trust Abigail to go do it and not get offended at me. Go, hey, pull a task. You know, carry that load. Bear the burden of one another so that you can get in that place. We've got we've to get over ourselves so that we can do some things, so that we're not held back. So many times our thinking is held back because we really don't know how big God is and there's an anointing. 
Here she comes right now. Everybody look at her now. <laughs> Sorry, that was fun at your expense. And we all appreciate it, so amen. No, uh, you're in here because I just looked down and I said, where's Chelsea at? And he said, she's helping. So I sent Abigail because I just felt by the Holy Ghost you're supposed to be in here tonight. So here you are. Yeah, yeah, amen. Glory to God. So uh, we've got to understand that the devil is trying to get us to be disjointed. The devil is trying to get us to have a lack of communication. Communication brings us into a common unity. Communicate. Common unity. When you communicate, it brings us into a common unity. And my dad used to have a statement, and I really didn't like it when I was little, but he said it so many times that it sunk, and now I understand it more than I ever have before, and that is that communication isn't communication unless you communicate. Brilliant. Brilliant. Communication isn't communication unless you communicate. Well, you know, when we first started our life groups, when we first started life groups, and then what we were doing the first year, the whole first year, is we would break down the sermon, we'd kind of put it into outline form, and then we, you know, we'd generally, I'm generally covering like a lot more points than I should a lot of times, and uh, I would have at least five you know, and we lay out those five, and then at one point throughout the year, we went, what did Pastor Brian say on Sunday? And they'd get one. And I'm like, huh? I don't know, but it was good. I, yeah, I don't know, but it was good. Like, in other words, I had five major points. If you don't get those, you probably didn't get the core of the message. And they're like, well, he said something about Jesus. I'm like, I'm like, awesome. So... <laughs> I communicated a lot, but it wasn't communication because it wasn't received. Yeah. Communication's not communication unless you communicate. How many times have you been listening to somebody and they're talking, they're talking, and they're talking, and they're talking, and they're talking, but they're thinking that you know everything they know. And they're like jumping the points that they know, thinking that you're keeping up. And in the meantime, like, you know, and I've talked about it like this. It's like if they're going from A to E, so it's like A, B, C, D, E. They think you know B and they think you know D, so they're like A, C, E. And they skipped B and skipped point D. And your brain is sitting there trying to connect. How'd you get from A to C? How, how did you get from C to E? And while you're thinking about that, they're already E. -E and then they go, isn't that exciting? You're going like, I have no idea. I don't know. Because I, did, I, wasn't, I don't know what you know. I'm not thinking. I used to do that really bad and not communicate those points. Communication is not communication unless you communicate. We've got to learn how to communicate well and get on the same path, get on the same plan, or else we're never going to be a united force. So we must move in that way. But we also, here's another thing, we need to be in communication with the Father. We need to be thinking the way that He thinks. And so many times, He's thinking huge. He's thinking big. He's thinking way out there, and He's communicated it all in here beloved above all things I wish that you prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers right uh, Ephesians Ephesians 3 20 
This is, this is how he thinks. Uh, go to Ephesians 3.16 and then we'll end it around verse 20. He, so he's praying here. Paul's saying to the church at Ephesus that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory. The riches of his glory. Do you know how rich his glory is? Do you know how big that is? I can tell you nobody in this room really understands how big that is. All we can do is fathom it. We can try to imagine that. Our spirit that's born again can grab it, but if we put words to it, it'll be hard for us to put words to. It's that big. But Paul's saying, I wish that you would get those riches. Things we can't even explain with our words. See, God's communicating, but are we getting it? See, part of communication is the communicator. The other part of communication is the receiver. And so if we have a hardened heart or we have preconceived thoughts of how big God is or who he is, then what we're going to do is we're going we're to think we know what he's about to say. Have anybody ever been talking to you and like you're nodding your head, but you're really not listening because you, <laughs> you think they know what they're going to say, but you don't really. You don't know what they're going to say fully. You might can assume it, but that doesn't mean that you're right. People do that with God all the time, and they break down communication, and it's our fault. We've got to think bigger. And so he says this, that he would grant you, not hold it back, give you the riches of his glory to be strengthened with power through his spirit in the inner man. In other words, he would take the power of God and by the Spirit go and put that power in each one of us. That's what he's praying. He's praying by the Holy Spirit. The riches of the glory, the power of the Holy Ghost himself, God himself, and go That's what he's wanting for each one of us. And we're sitting here going, yeah, amen. No, we don't get it. If that's all we got, we don't get it. There's communication happening, but we're not receiving it in that way, can you see? And what? This is how he talks. 17. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, and that you being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth. What's he saying? I'm praying that your spirit man will start to get a picture of who God is, how big he is. I'm praying that you will receive the communication. This is the Holy Ghost praying through Paul that he's praying to every saint, every believer at the church at Ephesus. I'm praying that you'll see it, that you'll see just how big and wide and tall and great and mighty God is. The old children's song. My God is so big. 
so strong and so mighty. There you go, see? Some of y'all sang it. And then he says, verse 19, and to know, to know, to have intimate knowledge of the love of Christ, watch this, which surpasses knowledge. In other words, man's knowledge is not going to be able to grab it. That's why when people come in and they just want to understand everything, what they're doing is they're trying to logically figure it all out. And God's saying right there, it ain't going to happen. You can't do it by natural ways, he says. In another, another place, he said, because these things are spiritually discerned. In other words, what he'll do is under an anointing, he will, under that anointing, the unction of the anointing will come and it'll cause the spirit man to comprehend and then the spirit man will help you to know in your logic. So they're trying to figure it all out first. This, you see this a lot of times when people are being filled with the Holy Ghost. They're trying to figure it all out first before they say I'll receive the Holy Spirit and what's happening is they're going about it the wrong way. You want to make sure, hey, you want to sit under and let the anointing cause your spirit to comprehend. Your spirit's comprehension will then cause your brain to catch up. But he's saying, look, the love of Christ, it surpasses this physical knowledge. Without having the Holy Ghost open it up to you, it's not going to work. And then he says this. He says, I want you to know the love of Christ which surpasses knowledge. I want you to get in the places where that knowledge can be grasped because you're through the anointing comprehending it. And then he says that you may be filled up to the fullness of God. That you, every person reading that, may be filled up. Filled up. Filled with what? The fullness of God. That God himself would come and sit down in you. And you're filled with it. This is how God talks. And we're excited you know, when somebody's bill gets paid. Or when, when just somebody comes to be born again. That's great. But that's just the beginning. It's just the beginning. God says, I want to fill you with me. With the creator of the universe, the highest of the highest, the greatest of the greatest. I want you to be filled up with me. Now, see, God's thinking out there. And, and I want you to see, he's thinking that bigger in the sense of this. You are bigger than what you think you are. You are bigger than what you think you are. So the devil comes and he just tells you, that you're average. Listen to this. Now go to verse 20. Verse 20. Now to him, to God, who is able to do far more abundantly, not just abundantly, not just more abundantly, far more abundantly, beyond. Far more abundantly beyond. Like how many times can he say over and above here? Like abundantly, that's already more. Beyond, that's more. Far, that's more. Beyond, far more. Beyond, abundantly. All that we ask or think. 
According to what? To the power that works within us. According to what, what level of power? The power of the Holy Ghost. Do we know who we are? Do we know what's in us? Do we know what we're capable of? Do we really understand the image and likeness that we were made in? And so then when we go in on Monday or Tuesday and, and all of a sudden something happens by, through our family or through our work or through whatever and we get frustrated at that, what we're doing is we're not paying attention to what he said. He communicated it, but I hadn't received it. Because if I had received it, that thing wouldn't bother me. I'd laugh at it. <laughs> oh, petty thing. You see, when we know that we know, and this is how God, God speaks. He's communicating something bigger than what we're receiving. He's communicating something bigger. Do you know who you are? He's communicating something bigger. I can't tell you how many times the Lord has spoken to me. Brian, think bigger. Brian, think bigger. Brian, think bigger. Think bigger. Think bigger. Why, why would we give small offerings? Because we're not thinking bigger. We're thinking, we're thinking concerned with what we have now. We're not thinking bigger. Now, I'm not talking about going out and doing something that God hadn't called you to do. I'm just saying, when God does call us to do something, we sit back and go, well, I, I, but I got this and I got this and everything, so I'm just going to, I'm going to bowl it down a little bit. The reason is because we don't know who we are. We don't know how we're created. We, he communicated big, but we said, no, nah, I'm just going to receive this much. Just going to receive this much. Do we know there's a communication that God wants to give to us and it's bigger than what we can even, this word in the King James, this verse says, beyond what we can ask or think. I can think big. And he says, but as soon as you think that big, I'm beyond that far more abundantly, beyond. And when you can imagine that, he said, I'll be beyond that. And when you get up to that point, he said, I'll be beyond that. Do we know what's actually inside of us, how we're created, what we're created for, the anointing that's there? See, but see, here's the thing. And I can tell that we don't, we haven't really known. Because if you really know, it, I would have to tell you to stop winning souls. I'd have to tell you to stop giving, stop winning souls. We, we don't have the logistics to handle it. Stop bringing people to church. There, we got to get some more seats first or have another service or something. I'd have to tell you. Because if you get what's actually happened to you and what God actually is doing in you and wants to do through you, I wouldn't be able to stop you. I wouldn't be able to stop you. Do we understand? You know, so, so we have we have boiled it down to thinking that an amen is enough if we give that. But it's not. Because God's talking bigger. He's talking bigger. He's thinking bigger. He wouldn't be able to stop us. Well, when you start to understand that, you start to also understand that if God's going to cause us to think bigger, he would be very unjust 
very unjust to give us those big aspirations without giving us the provision to get through. He's communicating to us something huge and big. I mean, can you imagine me painting a picture of, of Christmas morning you know, to Luke and some great toy that's like the super toy that everybody's going to be, you know, coveting. All of his friends are going to want to play with his toy. And I'm painting this picture of it, and I'm doing all this stuff, and I'm talking it up. I mean, I'm talking it up. I'm saying, look on Christmas morning. Christmas morning for you, buddy. It's going to be far more beyond. It's going to be far more abundantly beyond what you can even think of. And then I get to Christmas morning and he goes downstairs looking for far more abundantly beyond and it's not there. What would you think about me? Jerk. Is God a jerk? Oh no, he's not. He's backed up every word. Do we believe it? Enough to step out into it. God's thinking bigger. God's thinking bigger. Oh man, there's an anointing on this. It's, it's opening up your spirit to see things in a different way. But see, we can't just, well, see, if we just sit back and we just amen it, but we don't believe God that he's going to provide for it. And provide, I mean, not just financial. I'm talking about the anointing to pray for somebody and see them healed instantly. I'm talking about knowing more than your teachers. I'm talking about giving you far more an anointed voice. I'm talking about giving you the ideas to back it up. Lord, all right, fine, Lord. Pastor said this morning, and I believe he's right, because I believe he, what he said lines up with the word. Hey, we need to buy that building. We need to do it. And you say, you say I'm going to do it. I'm going to believe God. And I believe anybody in here could do that and say, I'm, I'm going to believe God and pay off the whole thing. Anybody in here? Anybody? My son, Amen. six years old. It doesn't. Why? Because God is able to do far more abundantly beyond what we can ask or think. See, we're thinking too small. We don't understand that. There's kids right now that have raised kids that have raised ten thousand dollars to give to win souls. Kids. Why? Because they don't have the limitations of a logical mind in a world that was raised in corruption. They're thinking godly. They're thinking heavenly. And the adults are saying, no, no, now don't do that. Parents, even parents of faith are saying, well, that's a little bit too far out there. We've got to start thinking the way God does or we won't see the things that God's asking us to do. He's not a, a daddy who when you put your hope in him, it will be disappointing. It's not a Christmas morning where he's painted this glorious picture of who you are in Christ and how he's made you. And then you go and try to step out into it and he doesn't back you up. That's not who he is. He's not a jerk. God's not a jerk. Title of the message tonight. God's not a jerk. Of course, I didn't even know what I was preaching until we were on the very last song, and I'm still not sure, but this is not where we're going exactly, but it's helping. You have to understand that God has the ability to communicate. Just after lunch, we were talking, and you've heard me say this. You said, look, it's under the anointing. Remember what I was talking about this morning and last week? When you start to tithe and you start to put your finances in order, Listen, just when you start, 
Now fulfill your commitment. But just when you start, God starts turning things. God starts turning things. Just, just after lunch, we were talking, and uh, the Lord told me to invite them specifically to lunch. I didn't know why, just I had a leading in a certain direction. We're talking after lunch, and, and the Lord had been telling her something about work and finances, stuff like that, dropped a couple of things in there, and I, I said, look, what do y'all need? She said, actually, I'd ask to talk to Nicole tonight, and we, you know, we need to talk. I said, let me tell you what the Lord's told me to tell you. This is why I invited you lunch, because I felt like we needed to talk about something. We end up talking, and she says, during the revival, during Boom Revival, and again this morning, she says, I'm sitting there, and while I'm sitting in the pew, I keep having these ideas. Well, in the seat, because we don't have pews. <laughs> and while I'm sitting in the seat, God's showing me an idea, and it happened all during Boom Revival. It happened again. Why? Because when you're under the anointing, God opens the windows of heaven to see that thing of anointing. God can back it up. He can show you. He can do what he needs to do. And while we're talking, we start talking about it. And we, we say, look, the Lord told us to tell you this. The Lord said to, to do this. The Lord said do this. She starts tearing up. Why? The anointing is opening up. And what you need is you don't need to figure out everything logically. You need the anointing to open up that spiritual vision to give you that daily word, that daily bread that will then provide for you in that way. That's what you need. It's not a figuring it all out logically. It's exactly what I've been saying. It's all supernatural. We do not war against the flesh, but against principalities and powers. It's of the Spirit. But we got to understand that God's not thinking small. He's thinking big, far more abundantly beyond what you can ask or think or imagine. So... When we're sitting here, it's like, you know, I used the example, and, and Nicole used it again this morning in prayer. You know, if I just told you, hey, and you knew I had the means to do it, I'm, I'm giving you, I'm writing you a check right now for a million dollars, right? How would you receive that? You know? Well, in church, we're, you were like, oh, praise God. That is not how you would receive that. <laughs> that is not how you would receive that. No, no, no. You know, y'all be all cool till you actually got it in your hand. And if it was for real and you knew I had the means to back it up when I gave it to you, that is not how you would receive it. You would receive it with joy. How many people would know about it? Everybody within shouting distance. Everybody would know about it. Everybody. Do you... You realize, do you realize, you've already been given everything pertaining to the fullness of life and godliness when you receive Jesus Christ. You have it in you right now. We, you have it in you right now. What's holding you back? What's holding you back is a corrupted world's thinking that has taught you that normal is not that. God has communicated something else, but the world has communicated, no, this is, this is normal. So we were talking a little bit at lunch, a separate conversation. 
and you were telling about how you woke up and uh, you weren't feeling good and how sickness and what we were discussing was this, how the devil tries to make you, a couple weeks ago they woke up and neither one of them was feeling good or anything, how the devil tries to make you think that sickness is normal. Sickness isn't normal to a child of God. It's not normal. It's not normal. It's illegal. Jesus has already paid for sickness. He paid the price. He took every sickness and disease in his body, named or unnamed. It's not normal for you to have it because you are in him. He is in you. By his stripes, you already were healed. And when you start to learn that, you start cutting it off at the past. You know, it's not that the devil won't try to send sickness to you. He will try. It's what do you do with the word, not with the sickness. What do you do with the promise that's already been given when it comes up? How do you handle it? See, faith as a child says, no, this isn't supposed to be here until we teach the child that it should. Can you see that? And so what happens is God's given us all of these huge, great, and mighty things, but we still think that normal is everything to do with the curse when we are redeemed from the curse. That's not, the curse is not normal. We're redeemed from the curse. God has redeemed us. The Lord asked me this some years ago. He says, what, has he, what have I redeemed you to? I was like, that's a great question. You, know, you, you said, Jesus, that's true, but what does that mean? What have I redeemed you to? And I got to thinking about it. I didn't have a good answer for that. To rede- be redeemed means to be bought back. Bought back. Purchased back. Redeemed. Like Jesus is our kinsman redeemer. Just like uh, Boaz. Redeemed. Ruth. Right? He's saying, look, I'm, I'm buying this back. I'm redeeming what you have lost. What had we lost? See, that's the question. What had we lost and what was then the original state? Because if we're redeemed, then we are out of the cursed state and we're redeemed back to the original state. So the question really was, what have I redeemed you to? What was your original state? And this is what Jesus was asking me. And how come you're not living like you're redeemed? I went, oh, 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 oh. How come I'm not living like I'm redeemed? What am I redeemed from? The curse. And everything that came as a package of the curse. And what I'm redeemed to is the fullness of salvation and everything that came with salvation. I'm redeemed. There's two places in the Bible where we see the original state. In the Garden of Eden before the curse and in heaven. Let me ask you this question. Before the curse in the garden, was there any sickness? No. Was there any lack? No. Was, did they have to toil for their food? No. Did they have work? Yes. Yeah, they had work, but it was simply to just basically speak to things. Tell it what to do. We are redeemed. We're redeemed. No sickness, no disease, no toil, no lack, 
no curse. We're redeemed like the curse never happened. Now, we still live in a world that's corrupted, but we operate on kingdom rules and laws, not on earthly rules and laws. You want to know how I know that? Well, the fact that I'm standing in front of you is proof that we operate on kingdom laws, not earthly laws. Have you ever seen fire and gas mix? What happens when fire and gas mix? There's an explosion. Here's when I was a kid, probably around 11 or 12, I'm mowing the grass. Some of you've heard of this, some of you haven't. I'm mowing the grass, and I hate mowing the grass. I remember at seven, just like so happy and excited that I was big enough to push a lawnmower. And I was so excited to go push that lawnmower. And then I mowed one day when I hit seven, when my dad told me I could. It only took one testimony, and all of a sudden, I didn't like mowing anymore. That was my least favorite thing to do, even to this day. Some people can say, well, when I mow, it's just therapeutic. I'm like, stop lying to me. That's not what I think, and I, y'all may be like that. I'm not. I don't like mowing. I did just, I don't know. Maybe it was this experience I'm going to tell you about. I don't know, but I just, I don't like it. I don't, I, you know, well, I could, you could just buy, you could pray while you're on the mower. I could pray in the house. <laughs> I don't like mowing. I'd rather believe God and pay somebody to mow. I don't like it. It all started back when I was seven. And so I'm mowing one day, and praise God, the mower runs out of gas. So that means I'm not done, but at least I got a break from this hellacious project called mowing. So I could take a break, and like a good procrastinator, I'm looking for any way for this break to take as long as possible before I have to go back to this torture of mowing. And... All kids in here is not torture. Do what your parents say. Amen. And uh, I just thought wrong. <laughs> Still thinking it, but it was wrong then. All right, so I get, some of you may remember, there was a can, a rectangular can, two-gallon gas can. It was rectangular. Uh, stood taller than it was wide. It was about that wide, and it held two gallons of gas, a metal can. Well, uh, ours was red and yellow, if I remember correctly. And uh, we would have that, and my dad had just filled it up for me, the lawnmower. And so I was just thrilled. And so the lawnmower runs out of gas. I take it under the carport, so I push it in there under on the, on the concrete. And uh, I, because that can's so full and I'm, I don't have all the skill I should have and, uh, and I didn't really care anyway, I pour it and I overflow the gas tank, the little gas tank on the push mower. And then, and, you know, thinking back on now, that yard was so big. What in the world was I doing pushing that yard? I know that yard back in Greensboro. Maybe it was torture. Anyway... So I'm pushing it, and then I overflow it, and there's a puddle of gas about one foot in diameter on the concrete, on the concrete. 
Now, if you know, remember those push mowers like that, they'd have the tank, and then they had a little ring around the motor, and that was full of gas. The tank was full. That ring was full. It overflowed on, so it had to be full in that ring to overflow on the concrete, too. And then that was full, and so then I set the gas can down here, and I'm thinking, well, and this, you know, this didn't happen often, but today, because I'm procrastinating, it did. I said, I... I I need to clean up my mess. I would never ever clean up any other mess but today so that I didn't have to go back to the mowing. I said, I need to clean up my mess. So how do I clean up my mess? I know. Well, how would you clean? And I literally thought I was being considerate for my mother because I said, if I go get paper towels and I wipe that up and throw them in the trash, then the whole kitchen's going to smell like gasoline. That would be bad. So how do I clean up my mess? I know, burn it. So, kids, that's the wrong choice. Wrong choice. So I go in, I'm 11 years old, 12 years old. And this, this is a true story. And um, yeah, it's, this is absolutely, it, it's, the, it's me thinking like a 12-year-old kid that didn't want to go back to mowing. And so I think, I know, I'll burn it. So I go in, 11, 12 years old, and ask my mom, hey, mom, where's the matches? Obviously, she had something else on her brain because she says, oh, they're over there. And so I go over there, and I get the matches and go out back outside, and I come out, and I'm sitting over. Now, you got to understand, there's the one-foot puddle of gas. There's the gas tank on the mower open, gas standing in the ring open, the two-gallon can here open, and right here within arm's reach is the car. And I'm under the carport. Fumes everywhere. I mean, I still remember it to this day. Are you starting to get a picture that kingdom laws are bigger than physical laws? So I take the match because I'm 12 and stupid. <laughs> and I'm sitting right over it. Like I'm not, you know, if I'm, I'm, here. Let me show you how I actually was. Puddle. I'm like this. Puddle. Lawnmower. Gas can open. Ring of gas. One foot diameter puddle. Two gallon gas tank. Uncapped. Car. 12-year-old stupid boy, matches. I'm right here. Now, what should have happened right then? There's nothing but fumes. It's the perfect scenario. Now, one engineer said it was like 20 sticks of dynamite. They would have leveled the house. They probably wouldn't have found me. Should have blown right then. Because it's, the, the, it's not the liquid that catches, it's the fumes. It lit. I take the lit match down to the puddle, and it goes out. So what does stupid boy think? Well, that didn't work. Let's do it again. Right about that time, my mom goes, 
My 12-year-old just asked me for matches. What does he want with matches? She comes to the door, and i am got the second match to the, to the file there, and she goes, stop! I said, what? She said, don't like that match. I said, well, the other one already went out. But I put it down. Here's what I didn't know. That morning, my dad was in his, we need the anointing. We need to be able to hear from God, for God to communicate with us. That morning, my dad goes to his study, spending time with God. Praise God for a God, for a dad who knows how to hear from God. He's in his study. The Lord speaks to him. The Lord speaks to him. Your children are in danger. Pray for them. So what I didn't tell you is when I was there, I was under the carport. There was a brick wall right there. My brother and my sister were right on the other side of that wall. Would have killed all three of us. The Lord says this, your children are in danger. Pray for them. How do you pray? Oh, Lord, help. You better... You better know how to pray in those moments. You better have had relationships so that when God speaks, you heard them, or else I'm dead. I'm not here talking to you today. I'm a walking miracle because we live in a kingdom whose laws are greater than the physical laws. And God tells us that in his word, and we need to learn those ways and learn those laws so that we can operate on higher levels. And so what happens is this. He said, your children are in danger, pray for me. Here's that, he starts praying. How do you pray for that? Well, I don't know all the details of it. I don't know what's going on. He just starts praying in the Holy Spirit. He prays in tongues. Why? Because the Bible says in Romans 8 that when you pray in tongues, you pray out the mysteries of God, things I don't know what to pray for when I pray in the Spirit. It's a great tool that God's given us to pray out things we don't know how to pray for. And so he starts praying he prays in the Spirit. He prays until in his Spirit he's done. He's handled it spiritually. He doesn't even know what the details are. But he handles it. And what he prays out in the Spirit, that supernatural laws and power of the kingdom of God superseded those physical laws of gas and fire mixing or else I'm not here. It didn't just, I didn't just get saved from it. It put the match out. It broke physical laws. It was a literal miracle or else you don't see me or if you do see me, I'm, I look totally different. But I'm standing here because it didn't blow up. Praise God. Thank the Lord. For somebody who knew how to hear from God, thank the Lord for somebody who understood that spiritual laws are greater than physical laws. Well, when my dad gets home, uh, you know, uh, by that time it was about an hour or so later, and everybody's in a tizzy. Oh, oh, Roger, so glad you're home. Oh, my goodness. He's like, what happened? And they told him, tell him the story. He said, ah, That's why the Lord, he said, I hadn't thought about it anymore because I knew when I prayed for it, it was done, but I didn't know what it meant. He said, I prayed out this morning. The Lord told me my children are in danger, and I prayed in the Holy Ghost until I felt that it was settled. 
You live in a kingdom. You are in this world, but not of this world. And your thinking doesn't need to be of this world. Your thinking needs to be in the supernatural and in the anointed and in the powerful. Your thinking needs to be different. We're supposed to be the salt and the light. And that means that we allow the big, great, and mighty things of God to communicate to our spirit until our spirit has a reaction and our spirit tells the physical man, you need to Shout and praise. You need to put on thanks. You need to do something. You need to worship because God's done great and mighty things to you and for you. Bigger than you can even imagine. You need to put it on. Put on a garment of praise for a spirit of heaviness. Put on a garment of praise for a spirit of heaviness. Put on a garment of praise. For a spirit of heaviness. Not sit back. Not just act like, oh, this is just, yeah, yeah, God's good. Hallelujah. No. God's done things beyond what you can ask or think. Do you know how you're actually created? Do you know the actual power that God wants to and bring into you? Do we know? No, we can't even fathom it in our normal mind. We can't even fathom it. The only way to get a hold of it is let our spirit get the blockages out of the way, get get that worldly corrupt thinking out of the way, and get to be with childlike faith to say, God, help me see. This comes from hunger. And then when we get that hardness of heart out of the way, then all of a sudden, the Lord is able to take of His Spirit and start to enlighten who you really are. And then when we see it, we can't. when you start to comprehend that in your spirit, see what's happening right now is as I'm preaching on this, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Your spirit is starting to grow on the inside. It's stretching. It's breaking the old yoke. You won't fit in it anymore. You won't fit in the old joke. You won't fit in the old thinking anymore. You won't fit in the old thinking anymore. You won't fit in the old thinking anymore. And the devil comes, he tries to put the clamps. He said, these clamps don't work anymore. They're thinking different. Their mind has been renewed to the Word. See, as I'm saying this, you might not have been operating there before now, but you're operating there tonight. You're hearing a Word that's carrying an anointing on it. At lunch, Paul was telling me a testimony. He, he traveled to Charlotte on Friday to give a testimony of how he came through an accident that tried to take his life. And in that, he's got the people there. He, all he's doing, see, uh, provision and prosperity is not just money. In this case, it was simply favor. He's, he gets in front of somebody and the person goes, I don't know all the reason why, but I've got to give him favor. And see, that comes from an anointing. That comes because God's doing something in the Spirit bigger than what normal people get. He's doing something greater, something mightier, above and beyond what you can ask or think more abundantly. God's doing something greater, something bigger, something mightier. And all of a sudden, he finds out later, when the surgeries happen, I had the top guys. Nobody else gets that with a regular worker's comp case, but I had it. Why? Because there was an anointing that produced favor. How can you calculate the value of that favor? 
20 years from now, he has pain because he has a normal doctor, a mediocre doctor, an average surgeon. But no, he doesn't have the average. He's got one of the top in the country. One of the guys that worked on him, he's moved all he handles is NFL athletes now. That's it. The top, the cream of the crop. Favor. Where did the favor come from? The anointing of God. Because he and Jade decided, we're going to go, to go to church and we're going to put God first. And he didn't know it. He didn't know it at the beginning. He had no idea about it. He, honestly, the truth is, he still doesn't know everything he's got right now. He's learning about it. He, he gets it. I, I get it. I might not know everything. But still, even now, there's so much more than what I, I don't realize everything God's doing. But when they first came, I can tell you, they didn't know. They just decided to come to a place that the preacher, he, he remembered my name and he believes Jesus for real. And, uh, and all of a sudden, the anointing comes. He, he doesn't know it, but the anointing's bringing favor. 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 And then he gets in a situation. The devil tries to take his life, can't take it. I remember the phone call that day. Paul's been airlifted. What state was he in? We don't know. I remember that phone call. We immediately start praying. No, Lord. The devil can't have him. No, no. Hey, you want people praying like that, not, oh God, why? No, you want somebody who knows who they are, who can pray in authority, who knows what the promises is and what we're redeemed to, that this curse can't stand. That's the kind of family you want to be in when the stuff goes down. And you want to have favor. The word was healthier than even before, more healthy. You should still be standing on that. Do you remember that word? Quick and miraculous. Better than you were before. I think the $6 million men, but then I'm dating them. We'll make them better. We'll make them stronger. Oh, y'all saw that too. Pharaoh <laughs> was like, oh yeah, that's great. See, that's exactly how we act when, when God's stuff doesn't actually get to us. Like we never saw it before. But God's communicating all the time. Have we opened up ourselves to the bigness and the greatness of God? He didn't know it. But this whole time when he decided to put God first simply by going to church in the beginning, he didn't realize my life is now going to be crowned with favor. My life is going to be crowned with favor. My life, God's going to, you know, yeah, do you got it all together yet? Have, Have you figured it all out? You hadn't figured it all out. And none have, neither has either of us. But yet God says, I don't care, just come towards me and watch what I can do. And watch it as it gets better and better and better and better and better and better and better. And better, and you get better at what you do, and you stop falling in the pits that you used to fall into. And why? Because we see that there's so much more than be as far above, far beyond, far more abundantly beyond. It's a reality to God, but it hasn't been a reality to us because if it had been a reality to us, we would not stop 
Every part of our life would be about Jesus. Why? Because that's what happens. If you've got the best recipe in the world, you know, how many people, I, I know we got some new people, but how many people here have eaten, has eaten Johnny's uh, chocolate chip pan stuff? Huh? What's the name of it? It doesn't matter. Cookie skillet. It doesn't matter. How many has eaten it? And, and, and why do you know that? Why do you know about his cookie? Now, I know some people are new and, and they haven't been around. But how come you know about the cookie skillet? Because it's, it's good. You've got revelation. I've had revelation. Man, don't sit down with a pan of that and no milk. You need milk. And stretchy pants. Valid point. Why do you know about it? How can you say it's good? Because you've got revelation. It, he communicated it lovingly into that great skillet. Glory to God. <laughs> he communicated it, and now you've received the communication. How many of you, as, how, and I know the answer to this, how many of you, once you ate it, you told somebody about it? <laughs> now, almost the exact same number that's had it bragged about it and it's cookies it's cookies see if we knew for real what God's done if I can't stop you telling about cookies I definitely wouldn't be able to stop you from telling about God so that proves to me we don't know yet God's saying it Whose job is it to know? He says, if you're hungry and thirsty, you'll be filled. Part of that filling is with the revelation of who he is. Johnny, I'm hungry for some cookie stuff. I just <laughs> let you know, Lord, your word says, let your request be made known unto God. Just give Johnny a revelation. I need a cookie skillet sometime soon in Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs> Glory to God. <laughs> Paul said, I receive it. Amen. <laughs> I'm kidding. It, bring a gallon of milk, though, if you do bring it. <laughs> Man, that stuff is sweet. It is rich. It is. It's good, though. But see, if we actually knew what God has, how he's created us and what he's given to us, you wouldn't be able to stop telling people. The fact that we've stopped and are not telling everybody about Jesus proves that we haven't been hungry enough to be filled with the fullness of revelation. The fact that when we're worshiping, it's easy for you to be quiet shows we don't know. And we've been attacked with average and mediocrity thinking like a corrupted world and didn't even realize the attack was happening. Praise God, he brought me back around to the original point. Hallelujah. That was, that was Jesus himself right there. For real. So we've had an attack against us that we weren't even aware of. Many times when I've been helping people, I'm going to talk about this, I hope, next week, next Sunday morning. 
See, you don't know even what you've received tonight. You don't know how much that through this preaching the Lord has stretched your spirit. And it won't go back to normal size. It's like those pants that weren't stretchy pants, but you wore them too long, and now they, they stretched out. They ain't going back. You know, that elastic, after a while, it just stays out there, you know, and you got it like Jesse says. You just got to grab it like that, and, you know. Your spirit's been stretched. It ain't going back. You're thinking, how, do you know how important this kind of preaching is to you? Because this kind of preaching, all of a sudden, it gets you thinking different. Some people, they don't know what they missed. And it's not the same watching online. I know some people are watching at a distance, but there's a bunch of people that watch stuff throughout the week, and they're like five minutes away. They don't know what they're missing. Because there's an impartation in the Spirit, not, not just by listening to it. That is, there is some there. But it's not the same as being there, because when you're there, you're honoring that word. And God says, if you honor me, I'll honor you. In other words, he, gives, he imparts to you a bigger impartation when you're present. You remember last week I said, how many here? Next week, 4 o'clock, I'm in it. I didn't know what I was preaching, but I can tell you this. This is an anointed word that will totally change your life if you get a hold of it. We don't realize what's actually happened many times in the spirit if we could see in the spirit we'd be amazed at what's happening while the preaching is going on if the preaching has an anointing on it we would be amazed at it but many times we don't know because all we're doing is we're looking with physical eyes but the more i look in the word the more i see in terms of the spirit and the more i start to understand what he's actually doing during moments like this even this morning you know what i'm doing is I sense that attack of mediocre, that attack of average. What am I preaching against? I'm not preaching on finances just to take up an offering. I'm preaching against that spirit of average. Because you have a God that ain't average. you got a God that's above and not beneath. And he's called you to be above and not beneath. I'm attacking that spirit that would hold you back from being who God's called you to be. Just think about this now. Think about this. He said that he would fill you with all the fullness of himself. How big are you in the spirit? God can come and fill you with the fullness of himself? Do we know even how we're made? No wonder when Jesus says, you know, are you, the, are you Jesus of Nazareth? He said, I am he. And all the soldiers trained. I can tell you this don't just happen. All the soldiers, boom, 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 fell back. Got knocked to the ground by a word. He's operating. He never had to be redeemed, but he was operating in the original state. Like when Adam and Eve carried the glory on them. And spoke. And whatever they called those animals, that's what they were. That was their word. They were speaking, speaking, speaking. And so then he tells Moses, going around the rock. First time, strike the rock. Second time, there's been a change. This is representative when you're redeemed. Speak to the rock. Speak to the rock. Speak to the rock. Why? Because we're made in his image. How does, how does God create? He believes and speaks. Romans 10, 9 and 10. Believe in your heart and confess with your mouth. He's shown us the pattern. 
Believe in your heart, confess with your mouth. Mark 11, starting around verse 20. Believe in your heart, confess with your mouth. Because this is the way, this is kingdom law, this is kingdom rules. You're made in his image and in his likeness, and you, start, you have to start to understand so we were talking about when that sickness was attacking earlier. And you've got to get it in your head. No, this thing is not supposed to be here. In the name of Jesus, get out of my house. We have no part with you. We are redeemed from the curse. Now, it's not like he's going to be, the devil's going to go, oh, okay, see you later. You know, that's not how he operates. He's going to try to keep on piling on. But you've got to get it on the inside of you, who you are, how big you are, what you're created, and whose image are you? You created and through Jesus Christ what do you have that's how the devil's beating people back they don't know what they have they don't know they don't know what they have he throws a sickness they think the sickness is normal but to a Christian who knows who they are and they knows how they're made that Christian will say no no I have favor because of Christ. I am the healed of the Lord in Jesus' name. I know who I am. I have favor. I have prosperity. I have protection. That can't happen. It can't be so. You're saying a lie that's coming against the blessing of God. No, the curse has no part here. And so many people, they don't take those thoughts captive when the devil throws them. And so they meditate on them. And what they meditate on starts to produce in their lives. So when the devil comes at you and he starts showing you things that are going to happen, tragedy and calamity to your family and things like that, you got to say, no, he knows, I know the plans he has for me, plans to, to do good and for welfare, not for calamity. You know who you are. No, he's got no plans for calamity in my life, and I don't receive it. That's a wrong thought, trying to put itself higher than the promise of God. I'll take that thing captive, cast it down. I'll bring that thought into obedience. 2 Corinthians 10. So you have to see who you are and what you're made. Because if you don't expand your thinking and understanding of how big you are in the Spirit... The devil will just run roughshod over you for the rest of your life. And how many people know, just hearing this message, how many people know that's exactly what he's been doing uh, many times before to us and to most of the people that are in the church in America. And now you start to see, ah, oh, that's why there was no power. That's why it wasn't working. That's why the church people look just like the people of the world. That's why there's no beacon of hope. That's why there's no beacon of light. Because we have not known who we are. Because if you knew, I wouldn't be able to stop you. See, can't nobody do anything against me. Nothing that's going to stop me from talking about Jesus. And stop me from going on. I don't care. Because even if it looks like I was a colossal failure, how am I going to stop telling about the good things of Jesus? It's too late. My mind's already had revelation of it. My heart's had revelation of his greatness, of his goodness, of his love. I can't stop. I won't stop. Yeah. Not going to do it. Yeah. Not going to do it. What year did we meet in? 2000, we moved in 2005. That year? Yeah. 2005. So now it's 2019. It's 14 years. It's a long time to know somebody. Not that long. <laughs> Just what was our message then? 
in 2005? Were we talking about Jesus? Were we loving on you with the love of Jesus? Yeah. We didn't sit down and have theological conversations no. then. No. Were we loving? Did you notice that the further we went along, that, that message of Jesus, you heard it more and more? Yes. Did it change? No. No. You just heard more of it as we went forward. The message has been the same. It's been the same. It's been the same. Why? Because we had revelation of who Jesus is. So for 14 years, she's seeing that same message, even though we might not have said it the first year, you know, we, we met. You were seeing the message of God's love poured out. You were seeing that message, trying to say, hey, you know, look, we, don't, we might not know where you're coming from. You might not know where we're coming from, but the message of Christ is the same. And then as you've seen it, and it should get stronger and stronger and stronger, but it's the same message. It's the same message. So for 14 years, in that way, you're seeing the same message preached. Now more with words, then it was more with actions in that way. Now it's even more with words and words and words. That's before we had the church. That wasn't until 2009. We just moved up here. Another thing a lot of people don't know, we didn't even realize it in 2005. When we moved up here, we were hurt. We had watched some of our leaders make a bad mistake, fall off the cart. And we didn't even realize that we were up here and we were like hurt in our heart for about a year. And then I realized, man, we were hurt. You know, we had revelation of it and didn't even realize that. But we were, we were kind of recovering because we had watched some people that had been like fathers to us and mothers to us uh, make a bad decision. And that's when we first met you as we were, we were actually hurting at that time. But even then, our message, we were here. You know why we were in Almore? Because God told us to move here. He sent us here to minister in that way. The whole reason we were here was for him, to be a light, to shine, to be here for him. How is he going to do that? We didn't know all that yet. We didn't know that we were going to start a church, and we definitely didn't know that. But you see that the message is the same. And it should be the same for you. It should just continue to grow. It should get stronger and stronger and stronger. And there shouldn't be anybody. You've seen us go through stuff, right? You know some of the, you don't know all the stories, but you know some of them. And yet that message has been the same. It it doesn't matter what people do. Jesus is big enough to overcome it. We have to recognize who we are and what we're called to. And we have to stand strong in that. And not give up. Not give up. And see, if we get revelation of it, I won't be able to stop you. But that's on you. That's on us. We've got to decide, this is who I'm going to be. And I'm not going to give up. I've got to decide to get hungry for the things of God. I can't give up on it. I can't let the devil throw me a lie and I just fall for the lie. No, I've got to do what's godly. I've got to love righteousness, hate sin, walk in holiness, and be anointed. I've got to walk in these things and not make excuse for it. Does that make sense? God's communicated to our spirit, 
how much he's done and what he wants to do. We've got to make sure that we understand who we are in whose likeness and whose image we're made and how big we are. Do you remember the man who was, in, uh, who was demon-possessed? And in him, as a, he said, how many are you? And the demon said, we are legion. Right? That's how the dramatized Bible says it. I was just specu- speculating. We're legion. Well, a legion was 6,000 men. A legion. So that, and there were 2,000 pigs, right? 2,000 pigs. So that had to be at least one spirit for each pig in that way. He says legion, that's 6,000. You know, who knows? Demons lie, you know. <laughs> so in the one man... It looks like there was at least 2,000 to 6,000 spirits. One man. How big is your spirit? Big enough to be filled with the fullness of God. Do we know who we are and how we're made? Do we know what we're capable of? Oh, there's some... There's, several places I'd like to go, but I'm not supposed to tonight. We've got to start getting that in our, in our hearts and in our minds. Just close your eyes real quick. Let's say, Jesus, right now, Lord, I just ask you, open our eyes and open our heart to see you and to know you. To see you and to know you. To see you and to know you. Lord, open our heart to see you and to know you. Lord, we're asking you for revelation of who we are in you. Not what we've been taught, not what we thought we were capable of. Lord, open our eyes to scriptures that say we were, you were the firstborn of many brethren. Open our eyes to scriptures that say you'll do these works that Jesus did and greater. Open our eyes to to scriptures that say all things are possible to them who believe. Open our eyes to the point that says when you pray agreeing, all things should be done when it's according to the will of God. Lord, open, open our eyes to the scripture that shows that we have far more abundantly beyond what we can ask or think. Lord, open our eyes to the vastness that you've created us in. And and hear this, Lord, help us put on a hunger that is our responsibility, that we might be filled with the fullness of your knowledge. Help us put on a hunger, Lord. Help us put on a hunger. Lord, help us humble ourselves to the reality of who you are and who we are supposed to be. Lord, help us be hungry for everything that you have for us. Help us be hungry, Lord, for everything that you have for us. For everything, everything. Let no thing that Jesus paid for us to have be left on the table. But let us walk in the fullness of your greatness, Father so that we might be the light and the salt 
that you've called us to be. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Lord, let your anointing just crack open the yoke of understanding. Crack open. Lord, where there's been a yoke holding understanding back, let it be cracked open by your anointing now. That their spirits may comprehend and their minds may know the fullness. The fullness in Jesus' name. Lord, let understanding and knowledge come now in Jesus' name. By the Spirit, let understanding and knowledge come now. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, thank you, Father. Yeah, in the Spirit, this is the best way I know how to describe it. I would imagine it's much, much more better than what I'm about to say in words. But if you remember, if you saw the movie Matrix, when he needed to learn something, they just plugged him in, and within a matter of seconds, it downloaded all the information, and uh, he knew all the skills that he needed to know. Not only how to, but he had the, like, the muscle memory to go along with it. I see in the spirit right now, that anointing, I see that anointing just cracking open the thinking and the knowledge right now in Jesus' name. Open up that thinking, Lord. Open it up now in the name of Jesus. Yeah, there it is. Thank you, Lord, for your anointing. Thank you, Father, for your anointing in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, for your anointing in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Lord, thank you. Thank you, Lord, for your anointing. This calls in the Spirit to comprehend and understand that the eyes of our heart, the eyes might be enlightened so that we can see so clearly what is and what isn't your will. What is the hope of your calling? Lord, that we can see so clearly what is your inheritance in the saints, the inheritance that's so big that the only defining, uh, the only thing that can really define it is the fullness of God. Lord, let the fullness of God be seen and overflowed in Jesus' name. Ha 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 da 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 cool today. That anointing. Thank you, Lord, for the anointing. It's just causing, causing you almost to vibrate in the flesh. Thank you, Lord. It's causing you to vibrate in the flesh because it's just so overwhelming at times to the flesh. Thank you, Lord, for the anointing that's cracked open that, that yoke that was holding back understanding. Thank you, Lord. Lord, let them see things. Let them see new things in your word. Let that word open up to him in new ways in Jesus' name. Let that word open up to her in new ways in the name of Jesus. Let their house be filled with wisdom and knowledge and understanding. Let her see so clearly in Jesus' name. Let people walk in and all of a sudden they just know stuff in the name of Jesus. Ha, 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 ha. I even see, like that verse said this morning, your adversity 
adversaries be put to shame. I see people in the past that said, oh, that Amy, she don't know nothing. And they'll, and they'll be like, man, how did she learn all that? How did she get all that? And they won't know, but it'll be because you said, I'll receive from the things of God. I'll receive. And the anointing started opening up and cracking open the knowledge and the wisdom in your house. Thank you, Father, for your anointing. In Jesus' name. Yeah, thank you. Right now, if you just want that anointing to break open some new thought and break open, break the bondage, break the yoke, if you want that anointing to break the yoke and stretch your spirit out to see uh, further than you've ever seen before, I just invite you to go up front real quick so I can pray for you. Lay hands and let the anointing break that yoke open. And you need to know, I'm still holding back on my thinking, on what I've preached. I'm holding back. I'm not giving you everything that I've seen and that I've known. I'm holding back on that. Not because, you know, I'm not just trying to be mean. I'm holding back because the Lord only told me to go so far. My point in saying that is this. There's more to be had. There's even more to be had. There's 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 more to be had. Get that in your heart. Get it in your spirit. There's more to be had. There's more to be had. Glory to God. Hallelujah. 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 name of Jesus, thank you, Father, for your anointing. Lord, let that yoke be opened up wide. Let it be broken and opened up. Understanding, clarity come in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Yeah, glory. New thinking, new thinking, new thinking. Thank you, Lord. New thinking. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father, for that anointing. New thinking in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus, I break the yoke and the molds of old thinking. Lord, let it be new in the name of Jesus. I just sense the anointing all over you as I'm praying that it's changing stuff. It's changing stuff. It's changing stuff. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Glory to God. New thinking. New thinking. Just raise your hand. Just say this with me. Say, Lord, Lord I, receive I receive new thinking, new thinking in Jesus' name. In Jesus to, name. Your fullness. to your fullness. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hey, 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 hey. Ah, yeah. Thank you, Father. New thinking. New thinking. Greater thinking. Mighty thinking. Anointed thinking in Jesus' name. Now, when I lay hands on you, you just purpose yourself right then. Lord, when he lays hands on me, I receive. I receive. I receive from you. Thank you, Father. New thinking. New thinking in Jesus' name. Glory to God. New thinking. New thinking. New thinking in Jesus' name. Yep. I don't know if y'all feel it or not, but I can sense the anointing just flowing straight into you. New thinking. New thinking. New thinking. Ho, 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 Franco. Franco, Lakos. Hamako. Hamakolo. Ho, ho, ho. Que prima. Hala. Yeah, Lord. Thank you. New thinking. Chibelosta. 
new thinking, new thinking. You've seen with eyes of the flesh before. Lord, from this moment, let her see with eyes of the Spirit. In the name of Jesus, so be it. Thank you, Father. <laughs> Glory to God. New thinking, new thinking, new thinking, new thinking, new thinking. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. New thinking. Ha, 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 ha. Brobom, baniki, ha, ha, yeni, Lord, let her see. Let her see. Let her see. May the kufre post. Hoo, bambaleko, roma, kaleo stone. Yeah, new thinking. New thinking. He's got such great and mighty plans. Such great and mighty plans. Bigger than what you've ever thought of before. New thinking in Jesus' name. Lord, let that anointing flow through him. Yeah. Thank you, Father. New thinking from the top of his head to the soles of his feet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, new favor, new thinking in Jesus' name. New thinking. Just raise your hand. Ha, hey, hey, Sukrono. New thinking in Jesus' name. New thinking. Ha, big, godly, heavenly thinking in Jesus' name. You're not who they said you were. You're greater than that. You are what the Father said you were. You are made in His image and in His likeness. You're a child of God. You have greatness on the inside of you. You are not other men's corrupted words. You are God's perfect words in Jesus' name. New thinking. New thinking. New thinking. Glory to God. How they could have known? New New, new, new thinking in Jesus' name. New thinking, greater, mightier, bigger in Jesus' name. You're not who they said you were. You're not who you said you were. You're who he said you were. New thinking in Jesus' name. You're not who they said you were. You're not who you said you were. You're who God said you were in Jesus' name. You're who God said you were. You're who God said you were. Brittany, I hear those same words for you. You're not who they said you were. You're not who you said you were. You're who God said you were. In Jesus' name, glory to God. Ah, ah, yea. New thinking. New thinking. Glory. Yeah, Lord, let them see and hear. Let their eyes of understanding be enlightened. Thank you, Lord. Let the eyes of their heart be opened and enlightened in Jesus' name. New thinking. I'm not thinking defeated anymore. I'm not thinking as being held back. I'm not thinking as average. I'm not thinking as mediocre. I'm thinking heavenly. I'm setting my eyes above. I'm not setting my eyes on the curse. I'm not setting my eyes on, on the world's normal. I'm setting my eyes on God. I'm setting my eyes on what He's done. I'm setting my eyes there. In Jesus' name. New thinking, new thinking in Jesus' name. New thinking in the name of Jesus. New thinking in Jesus' name. New thinking in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. New thinking, 
New thinking in Jesus' name. Yep, new thinking in the name of Jesus. New thinking in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. New thinking in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Hey, hey, Stuma. Yeah, glory. Glory, glory, glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. New thinking. New thinking. <laughs> New thinking. New thinking. New thinking. <laughs> new thinking. New favor. New ideas. Even in your business. Even in your business. New ideas. Even in your business. New ideas. You'll wake up in the morning and you'll have an idea. And it'll be the Lord that during the night you'll be in peace. And, and during the night he'll give to you even in your rest. That's Psalms 127. He'll give to you even in your rest. He'll give you ideas. And it'll be new thinking in that way. New thinking in that way. New thinking in that way. In the name of Jesus. And those ideas will come. And you'll implement them. And they'll work. All lots of other ideas have come. But they weren't under the anointing. And they weren't of God. But the ones from God, they'll work. In Jesus' name. New thinking. New thinking. New thinking. He's taking you to new places. I, think, I see things expanding. I see things expanding. I see things that you might have even said, I don't even know if I want to do that. But yet God wants to do it. God wants to do it. New thinking. New thinking in Jesus' name. An anointing. A new anointing coming on you for business. You'll know things about business that you've never thought before. You'll know things about business that you've never thought before. You'll understand things. Things that used to cause you a problem. You'll become a professional at. You'll become an expert at. New thinking. <laughs> Glory to God. Glory to God. New thinking. New thinking, new thinking, new thinking, new thinking, new thinking. Blelona Androho, new thinking. Hupa, Popa Roma, Matrocorbosobo. Yeah, glory. New thinking, new thinking, new thinking. New, 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 in Jesus' name. Ha ha ha. Sahatotorobo, Hanamosobo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> New thinking will come even while you laugh in joy in his presence. You'll hit your knees. The presence will come in his presence, his fullness of joy. You'll be laughing at the devil. All of a sudden, new ideas will come. You'll see how to do things more efficiently, more productively. You'll see them even in fullness of joy in his presence. In Jesus' name, new, new, new. New, new, new. Thank you, Father. Pankiri, atolo, otrolo, hebestuflekodomo. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Thank you, thank you, thank you. New thinking in the name of Jesus. New thinking in the name of Jesus. New thinking in the name of Jesus. New, 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 new. New in Jesus' name. Belu devoro, bada kenana, atara, 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 otoro. 
Oh, 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 fresh on the mark. New thinking in Jesus' name. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Did I cover everybody? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. New thinking. New thinking. New thinking. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You have one. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. All righty. Oops. My bread broke. I need my table back for a second. <laughs> You're new at this, aren't you? Amen. <laughs> Ooh, that anointing. Ah, praise God for the anointing. Praise God for the anointing. Can you see? Here's your offering message for tonight. Really, the whole thing, that was an offering message in a sense. Can you see how when you change your thinking, your worship will change? When you see bigger with God, won't you worship different with that knowledge that you heard preached tonight? Won't you worship different next Sunday in worship? Won't you look at it different? Well, offering is just worship as well. See, many times we're not given what we're thinking what we think because we're thinking that God's not big enough to bring what he told us he'd bring, right? That's the issue. I've been talking to several people. I've had several people call me, uh, not from Boomerang, over the last couple weeks, talking about, talk to me about offering. We need to see manifestation. And one of the things that I've been telling them is that uh, Nicole and I, we've been in just in this season that we're calling crazy given like stupid given right like stupid to the world's idea and um, why because we're in a season where I'm ready to see some bigger things how can I preach on God being that big and keep believing on the same level it doesn't work like that no no um hmm. I'll just say this we have a we have a, a system of giving that the Lord has told us to do, and when we started doing that, our personal finances changed and just went up. And um, but then recently, the Lord challenged me on that, and He said, "I want you to take what you're doing, and I want you to double that, double it." Well, that, I mean, you can say yes to that, but are you actually going to do it? You know. In order to say yes to that, I had to believe God for seed on a different level. Like I had, I, I'm like, Lord, I need some seed to come in if I'm going to do what you ask us to do. And uh, he's been bringing that in. He's been bringing it in. I'm, I'm, I'm talking about like, l- let me, I'm trying to think how to relate it to you. Just, just know this. 
it, it's a lot, and it would be a huge chunk to most people's budget. I'm not talking about being in your budget. I'm talking about being out of your budget. When you start to realize how big God is, and you start stretching towards those things with God, you start to realize that, that I have the ability to draw by faith into an unlimited God and pull out an unlimited supply. When you start thinking big towards God. And then you start saying, okay, and when I put faith like that, Lord, I'm going to give to you on that level of that kind of faith. Those kind of things. All of a sudden, you're, you're planting seeds at a different level where there's no option. God's not mocked. Whatsoever a man sows, that will he also reap. So now harvest has to come at a different level. And what I said this morning, we practice this, is you can't, you can't talk about... Um, saying that God's so good and you're walking with him and just be okay and comfortable where you're at without increasing. And in order to increase, then you've got to take the faith that you have and I've got to do something with it. I can't just leave it sitting on the table. So let, let me just put it like this. Let's say that you were comfortable giving, let's say that God asked you to give $25 extra a month, Right? Now, at one point, that's, well, I'll just start it where we start. We started in our offering at $20 a month. That's where we started. It's many times more than that every single month now. I'm not talking about tithe. I'm talking about over and above the tithe. He, so we started at $20, right? And, but don't you know that if you can get to the place where when we gave that $20, it was what I was calling precious, Right? You know, and, and not just like, oh, isn't she precious? No, like, my precious. Like, <laughs> it, was, it was precious to us. Like, it cost us, that $20 cost us something. But now, $20 ain't precious to us. It's $20 because of the blessing of God, and he'll do it for anybody. That $20 is easy. And it's been easy for a long time. $20 is easy to come by. It wasn't then... But because we applied the word, it is now. Can you see that when it took faith for us to start, that doesn't take faith now. It doesn't take any faith for me to give $20. That's, that's easy, right? Easy to give 20 bucks. So in other words, in order for me to still operate in faith, I've got to stretch that out. And then if I stretch that out, God's going to bless it, and so eventually that's going to get easy. And then eventually that's going to get easy. And that's how you grow in these things is exactly what happened with us. The same thing happens with you. But see, if I, just, if I get to a comfort zone where I stop stretching my faith, now this stuff starts unraveling. It doesn't work. So in order for me to still stay godly without faith, it's impossible to please him. i got to keep stretching that. Well, recently in this one thing that we're doing, he said double it. I'm going to tell you. Man, that has stretched me. <laughs> like, it has it not? It has stretched us. <laughs> Why? Because I'm not going to leave my faith dormant. Hear that. I'm, I'm not leaving my faith dormant. Are you going to leave your faith dormant? So when you start thinking and seeing how big God is and what he's called to you, it changes what you do here. It changes your worship. It changes your worship and giving. It changes all that. So that's your offering message. Just be obedient. Let the, let the Holy Spirit 
stretch you. Let it, let it be something that stretches you or else you're taking your faith and you're just burying it. You're, you're burying that faith. And that's where he says, don't do that. So as we leave today, you can give, give in the basket and they'll put up the link online. But let's quickly go over, not quickly necessarily, but let's go over Let's go over communion. So in our daily prayer that we have here at the church, 6 to 7 a.m. and then noon to 1, many days we go over our daily prayer points. And in that, one of the things that we do is we go over communion. We have communion each, each day. And I just want to go over that with you real quick. And normally I would have held off handing you the communion just so you wouldn't have to hold it for that long, but I want you to have it in your hand. I want you to be looking at it while we're talking about it. Have you ever felt like you took communion, but you really didn't give it the esteem that you probably should have? I think everybody has. I've definitely done that as well. And God says this, God says that we shouldn't do that, that we should esteem it right? And if we don't esteem it, then we can find ourselves in the bad place. We need to esteem it because this represents the body and the blood of the Lord. Now, I would say we need to esteem it in a couple of ways. One, we don't need to have active sin in our life that we haven't repented of. We don't need to have active sin and then take this, you know, unworthily, right? We need to esteem it for what it is. Ah, this is this is representing the body and the blood of Jesus Christ. And I'm just going to throw it down on top of my sin like it's common? Oh, no. Well, that's, that's easy to handle. It simply is just saying, all right, Jesus, I repent right now for what, I'm, what I've been doing. And I will not be the same from this point forward. I receive your forgiveness. And your word says, if I confess my sins, you're faithful and just to forgive me of all unrighteousness in 1 John. And so it's easy to deal with. We just have to put faith on the body and the blood and receive that forgiveness. But I need to have that forgiveness before I, I take that communion. The other thing is, I don't need to take that communion and not know what it's done, not know what it's paid for which is what we're going to talk about. The other thing is I don't need to take that communion if I'm going to esteem it properly. I don't need to take that communion and then uh, go out tomorrow and nothing's changed. Think, hear it this way. Jesus gave his life for my old life so that I could live his life in my new life. In other words... If I'm doing something that Jesus wouldn't do, then I haven't esteemed the body and the blood. I'm his. He's my Lord. He's the director of my life. And if he would have done it, then I need to do it. Does that make sense? And if I go out and I'm on Tuesday and I'm cussing somebody and that's something that Jesus wouldn't have done, then I have not, I didn't, I'm not esteeming it in that moment. I need to understand that I'm making a decision. When I take communion, I'm going to live like he would have lived had he not given his life. Can you see that? And what would he have done? He would have told people about Jesus. He'd have brought them light. He'd have been the salt, 
right? He would have done these things, and he would have lived for the Father. He would have only done what he saw the Father do, and he would have only said what he heard the Father say. This is what Jesus would have done, and if I'm going to esteem it, then I need to live like he would have lived. He gave up his life, so I, he deserves to reap the harvest of my life doing what he would have done. I let him be my substitute, now I need to act like his substitute. That's good? All right. But one of the things I said is we need to look at this communion. One of the things in this list we look at is this. It says, do this in remembrance of me. Each time you take communion, remember. Remember me. Well, what are we remembering? We're remembering what he did. How much love did it take for him to leave heaven and come and save us? How much love did it take? Quite a bit. I mean, you're sitting up with God, you got all your needs met. I mean, you are God, and you leave the throne and go down and are born in a barn. Took some love. Took some love. And then, not only were you born in a barn, but then you raised up, you, you went through 30 years of preparation, and then you start talking to people about the goodness of God, they start hating on you, and, you know, haters going to hate, and then three years later, they just kill you. The people that you came to love on, and they kill you. What kind of love did it take? What kind of passion did he pour out in that week where he took the stripes for our healing? What kind of love did he pour out when he gave his life for you and for I? What kind of love is that? Oh, man. It's huge. Huge love. We need to remember that. We should remember that each time we take communion. We should say, look, this is, this is no small thing. I'm to remember what he did. I'm to remember what he, what he kind of love he poured out at that moment. We remember the price. What price did it cost Jesus for his body and his blood? What price was it? Put down godliness. Take a beating. Not just a beating like an inch short of his life only to go to the cross and let them take his life, lay down his life, because he, you know, he could have come off the cross at any time. He chose to stay on it. What was the price? The Bible says this, that he was not even recognizable as a man because of all the beating and the sicknesses that were on him. If you'd have looked at him, you couldn't have even told that he was a man. That's what the Bible says. pretty bad that's the price think about this too those stripes that he took he took 39 stripes that was solely for our healing he didn't have to take those stripes he didn't have to take those stripes he took them so that you could be healed so when the devil tries to tell somebody that God uses sickness to teach them something they don't realize what a slap in the face Jesus yeah. took those stripes so that we might be healed. And when we don't esteem the price of the stripes by saying, no, I'm just going to keep this sickness and I'm not going to stand against it, we're saying that those stripes were okay with us. They're not. 
I need to utilize those stripes. I need, he paid the price. I'm going to swipe the debit card and get my healing. I'm not going to just leave it on the card. No, he paid it for a reason. He paid it so that we might be blessed with healing. What was the price of the body and the blood? We need to esteem that. We need to remember the love and the passion that he poured out on us at Calvary. We esteem what you gave, Jesus, by living as you would. Now first we receive the body of Christ, the body of the anointed one. And when you receive the body of Christ, Christ is not just his last name, it's the anointing and his and the anointed one and his anointing. So when we receive the body, we're receiving the anointing. So I need to be eating this with faith that that the anointing that he gave up, I now have a right to receive that anointing in me, in my body, in my life, in my family, in my mind. Protection, restoration, deliverance, prosperity, health. I need to receive that anointing and eternal life. I need to receive it in every way. Another thing is that when I receive the body, that Jesus received the curse in his body. So he received the curse so that I could be redeemed from it. Now see, if I'm just taking this and just going through the steps, I'm not applying any faith to this. If I'm not applying faith to the price that he paid, then I'm not esteeming it correctly. I need to be receiving everything that was paid for in the miracle meal. I need to be receiving it all. Every bit of it. Every ounce. He was redeemed from the curse. We are redeemed from the curse that Jesus received in his body. In his body, he was made poor. Because he was made poor in the flesh, when we take of the daily bread, we have a right to walk in daily abundance. We're redeemed from it. This is esteeming it properly. Where he was sick, we have health. And then this one I really like. Where he was crowned with thorns of toil, we have ease and favor. We are crowned with ease and favor. That means I walk into a situation. Uh, Paul was telling me a story about this week that I was mentioning earlier. He walked in and he talked about favor. And he talked about how God gave him favor in the, in the interview the other day. How you had favor with that magazine the other day. We should walk in knowing I'm crowned with favor. This is going to work out. Yeah, I don't necessarily know all the details of how it's going to work out, but it's going to work out. Why? Because I'm crowned with favor because he was crowned with thorns. See, when you know what you have, then you'll walk different, you'll talk different, you'll believe different because your thinking has changed. And when we take the body, we need to understand what we're taking. Now, going to the blood. Seven things that we have by the blood. How do we get rid of this mint? Crunch, crunch. We have redemption. By faith we believe and we receive by the blood. We have been bought back with a price. The Bible says the blood bought us back. It redeemed us. It was the price to purchase you back 
from the curse. It was the blood. So that means that when we take the blood, according to the word, I have no more, there's no more curse left for me because Jesus took it all on him. Hear that. There's no more curse left for you. If we esteem the body and the blood properly, we'll understand there's no curse left for me. The only curse I walk in is the one I now allow because I've been tricked into it, thinking that it's normal. There's no more curse left for me. When that gets inside of you and gets inside of your heart, oh, the devil will have his hand full with you. <laughs> He'll have his hand full with you because you are redeemed from the curse. Next thing is forgiveness. By the blood, you are completely forgiven. There's no thing, if you have turned it over to Jesus and you have repented for it, there is nothing left to forgive. God would say, what sin? What sin? And you might not have repented for everything up to this moment, but you can tonight. You can say, look, Lord, I'm handed over to you now because I don't want anything left out there, and I know the blood paid for my complete forgiveness. The next thing is cleansing. In the blood, we are cleansed. It washes us. Now that, listen, it doesn't even leave the stain of sin. It's not just that it washes the sin away, it cleanses us from the stain of sin. So what does that mean? That means if you were, if you were a mechanic and you worked on cars, you know, odds are you'd have so much grease in your, in your pores and in your hands, you'd come in there, you could wash your hands, they'd pretty much be clean enough to eat with, but there could still be the stain of oil because you spent so much time. When we are cleansed by the blood, the cleansing power of the blood cleanses us all the way down to the, the microns. It cleanses every ounce of it. There's not even a, rem hear this, a reminder that you were once dirty. There's not even a reminder if we'll receive the blood by faith. That means that even temptations and addictions that you used to have, you have a supernatural right to believe that every temptation and addiction is completely wiped out by the blood. You are cleansed by the blood. Whoo, glory. By the blood, you are justified. This is a legal statement. It means that God in heaven makes the declaration... Will is justified by the blood of Jesus Christ. Amy is justified by the blood of Jesus Christ. Jared is justified by the blood. He makes a legal declaration over anybody who receives the blood by faith and esteems it. Anyone. God says it. And if God says it, it's so. Think about it. If the most powerful men in the earth say something about you, most everybody's going to take their word and that's the way it's going to be. We're not talking about the most powerful man in the earth. We're talking about the creator of the universe who's declaring you. They are justified as if they never did it, as if there never was a problem, as if they walked in my holiness for all time and never even missed a beat. Because of the blood of Jesus Christ. Oh, that's a big deal. They are reconciled. Because of the blood, you are reconciled. The best example I can give to you of that is that you are made righteous. You're made the righteousness of God in Christ. Here's what that means. You are made right. 
in the eyes of God. It's like this. When you reconcile a bank account, here's what happened. You go back and you account for every penny that happened in your checkbook and happened according to the bank. And if you get to the end and they don't match, if even it's off by just one penny, that checkbook is not reconciled. That account is not reconciled. Something's missing. God says, by the blood, I have made every penny of your life right. Glory to God. By the blood, I've made you right in the eyes of God. Well, now, you're made right in the eyes of God. You go up and you start praying and asking for something. What happens? It happens. This is why righteousness is so important. It's the foundation of your walk. This is one of the things we need to be so uh, um, enlightened about is our righteousness. Because if you don't know that you're made right, then you'll just pray from a beat-down standpoint all the time. Well, I know, God, you would bless me if I'd have just been better in my life, but I haven't been better, so uh, maybe you'll help me, maybe not. That's not a prayer of faith, and it's not a prayer based on the blood. I'm actually dishonoring the blood when I pray that way. I'm dishonoring the blood. Because I'm not seeing what the blood paid for, nor applying the blood to my life to make me righteous. No, I, Paul said this. Do you remember Paul was a um, Paul was a murderer? Paul murdered people, and he pulled them, and he put Christians in chains. And then later on, in one of his gospels, he says this: "I have wronged no man." What? Wronged no man. Says who? How about the blood of those martyrs you killed? But he said, I have wronged no man. How can he say that? Because by the blood of Jesus, he was made completely right. And so when he prayed, he's not praying on the Paul, the Saul that he used to be. He's praying on the Paul that he is in Christ. And he's standing up under the righteousness of God in Christ, saying, Lord, I'm asking you. And basically, by the blood of Jesus Christ, for my prayers to be answered. And that's how he could stand in, in a strength to pray that way and believe that it would, would happen. So then if you're taking it and you're in pity or you're in condemnation over stuff, you're saying the blood was not enough for me. I need to still, I, feel, I need to basically uh, take pity on myself because the blood didn't do it all. Well, that's not good. No, no. The blood did everything you need. You are made the righteousness of God in Christ. You are reconciled by the blood. You are sanctified. By the blood. That means you're made holy. And if you're made holy, then you walk in an anointing and a power. By the blood, every believer can walk in the power of God. Walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. How? By the blood. Not because you did it all right. I can walk in holiness, empowered to walk uprightly, empowered to walk in holiness because God, through His blood, through Jesus' blood, gave me the strength to walk that way and I can walk in power where the flesh has no dominion over me, but I have dominion over the flesh by the blood. By the blood. And we know the last part that the Bible says this, you don't eat an animal with blood still in it because the life is in the blood. When we partake of the blood and the body of Christ, 
We're taking life to the full into ourselves. It's a miracle meal. It's a meal that all of a sudden unlocks everything that Jesus gave up. It unlocks it to be released into your life, into our lives. And we walk by that miracle meal. Father, we just plead the blood over this church, over these lives, over these families, these homes, this leadership, these ministers, our partners, the vehicles, the workplaces, the property. Lord, we plead the blood of Jesus. Father, we honor and esteem the price of the blood and the body. Lord, we honor and esteem the love and the passion that you poured out on us. And Lord, we honor and esteem everything that the body and the blood has done for us. And Lord, we won't leave it sitting on the table. We'll utilize it. And we praise you for it. We take the miracle meal. And as we take that miracle meal, things change in Jesus' name. Things change in the name of Jesus. We praise you. Now, right now, just pray this with me. Just say, Father, Father. right now, I just repent of all sin, of all my mess. From this day forward, I will not walk in sin, but I will walk in holiness. Empowered by the blood, I ask for your forgiveness, and by faith I am forgiven. I believe that Jesus died for me and I believe that you brought him back to life. He is my Lord. He is my Savior. He's the director of my life. He calls the shots and I'll be obedient. And I believe in the body and the blood and all that it's done for me And as I take this communion, I believe that it's done to me. I walk in it. I live in the abundance of it. In Jesus' name. Jesus, I ask you, baptize me in the Holy Spirit. And baptize me in fire. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may take the body and the blood, but as you take it, (laughs) as you take it, take it in faith. Lord, I'm taking this and I'm receiving everything that your word tells me is in it. I'm receiving the fullness in my body. I'm receiving daily bread. I'm receiving revelation. I'm receiving wholeness. I'm receiving healing. I'm receiving prosperity. Lord, I'm receiving the redemption, the forgiveness, the cleansing, the justification, the reconciliation, the sanctification. I'm receiving the fullness of life. Lord, by faith, we receive it. May the miracle meal do its miracles in our lives from this day forward. In Jesus' name, amen. You may take it. Thank you, Father, for your goodness. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father, for your goodness. We praise you and we worship you. Glory to God. Did anybody think of any questions? I know you'll have
have some throughout the week. That's generally when everybody gets them. <laughs> you have your yeah, y'all got a whole list of them made up. I'm looking forward to seeing that. Let me see them. Are they readable? Why do you only do communion at the Holy Spirit service? <laughs> That's a great one. We don't. I'll answer that one right now. We don't. It's just where it happens to have been you know, taking place. We actually planned on doing communion the last two weeks, but the direction that we went, it just didn't, it didn't seem to fit with the Holy Spirit's plan. We were ready if he told us to do it. But uh, we'll do it, actually, we will do it every service if he tells us to. And during prayer, we've been doing it every day. And um, so, but the way it's fallen, it's happened. What I do like about the Holy Spirit service is generally the people that are at the Holy Spirit service want to be here. And that changes the heart. That heart, it also allows a deeper flow. Because they want to be here for it. So, amen. Tithing, gross or net. Child support, business money. How does that fall into it? How was the Bible interpreted for a study Bible? These are good. The feeling of the Holy Spirit, the differences. Why does it feel different at different times? The different, why do different people feel it differently? Yeah, like yeah. it may feel one way to somebody like all underground. Yeah. <laughs> you know, somebody laughing and stuff like that. Are you still married to your first spouse? That's probably more mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, that's half the half the society. Yeah. Praying, confidence in prayer, strength in prayer, support in prayer. Everything is a secret. I don't know what that means. Here's something. Here's something I don't like. These are good. Anybody would want to know some of these answers? Anybody? Yeah, me too. I sure wish God would tell me. Um, <laughs> is there? A, um, here's something that's very religious, but there's really no backup for. I just have an unspoken prayer request. That's very, huh? I can't agree with it. There's nothing you might as well not tell me. <laughs> Most of the time what people are wanting, honestly, they're wanting, they're wanting uh, attention and, and drama. And I'm going through something. They're wanting pity a lot of times. So, uh, oh, but, and sometimes they've just not been, that's how they've been taught how. But how can I help, how can I agree? How can I add my faith? The reason you would bring it is so that I could add faith. How could I add faith to it and, and bring agreement to it if I don't know what you may be saying? I hope that my spouse dies and then, you know, I can marry somebody else. How am I going to agree with that? And if I pray in the Holy Ghost, it's going to basically be forget everything they're asking and do God's will, you know. So you got unspoken prayer requests. That's great. Awesome, you know. And do you, can I pray for that? I can pray in the Holy Spirit but that's not really agreeing with you in that way. Uh, what, what are you asking for, and on what promise of God are you, are you doing 
That wasn't one of your questions, but it's one that a lot of people face. So don't write unspoken on your uh, envelope. Uh, probably won't get much attention. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Those are good questions, and I look forward to answering those. Most of those are just a little bit of a couple of scriptures, and they start unwrapping. So, amen. Well, I love you, and uh, what we'll do, anybody who's watching online, you can just give at givebc.org. And, uh, Father, right now, everything, do you have yours? Everything, Lord, that we give, Father, we just believe you for, we thank you for. We praise you for. Lord, let our giving be a part of your worship. We're not just giving to a church. We're giving into the kingdom of God. And Father, as we give into the kingdom of God, we're saying that your kingdom is more important than anything else. We're seeking first the kingdom and your righteousness. And your word says that when we do that, all these things will be added to us. Lord, add all things to our lives. We ask that by faith. Let it be expanded. Let it be added to, and we praise you for it in Jesus' name. Father, thank you for letting us be and have an opportunity to advance your kingdom in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You're dismissed. As you're dismissed, you can bring your tithes and offerings forward.